You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Well, this week, ladies and gentlemen, Chris and I are welcoming our good friend and fellow traveler Don Ecker. Of course, he does the Dark Matters radio show, and every so often he comes along to the Paracast to talk shop and answer some of your questions. As a matter of fact, later on, we have a bunch of questions in our forum at forum.theparacast.com under the question bank. So Don Ecker, going to ask to start, what have you been up to lately? I had a uh, some technical glitches last week. Suddenly out of the blue, my monitor on my broadcast computer died on me, and it's kind of hard to do a show without a monitor, so I had to replace that. But other than that, we've been uh, rolling right along, uh, enjoying the beautiful weather out here in sunny Southern California, and just trying to keep our heads above water, Gene. The biggest problem of all. There's a story that came out in CNN this week, kind of revisits old ground, about this FBI memo from, what, 1950, talking about three crash UFOs. You know what I'm talking about, right? Hotel memo, sure. Well, uh, depending upon who you talk to, this memo has actually been around for a long time. Uh, to be quite honest, I was very surprised when CNN suddenly grabbed this thing and ran with it because I have been aware, and I'm sure you've been aware of this thing going back at least 20 years, but it's an FBI agent operative that was talking about uh, a story he was told that allegedly involved three recovered flying saucers. Now, Back in in that time period, from 1947 through 52, the UFO topic was on front pages across the country. This was not a subject that media shunned. There were some actually some surprisingly exciting and important cases that were ongoing then that, in fact, were reported Probably the most well-known was the Washington, D.C. District of Columbia overflights that took place in in the end of July and uh, beginning of August 1952. But at any rate, this uh, memo was talking about these stories was sent back to J. Edgar Hoover, who, of course, was at that time... Uh, the director and head of the FBI, and uh, then it just kind of washed away like so many of these things do. But this memo had been recovered. Initially, when uh, it came out years ago, it it created a minor splash, and uh, people talked about it. Then once again, the thing just kind of disappeared. Well, recently, uh, it made the news again, And uh, I was kind of surprised about it. But there are so many new people that are continuously discovering the field of unidentified flying objects that uh, these kind of things really are the kind of things that get them excited. What I've always suggested to anybody that is becoming involved in this research is to go back and do some academic study on the field to find out exactly what in the world has been going on for years? Because the information, there is a ton of information that you can educate yourself about this subject, Gene. Of course, when we look at these old documents, 
anytime something like this comes out, MJ-12 rears its ugly head. Yeah. We're all about that. And, of course, recently when we had Grant Cameron on the show, we were talking about all these documents. And his feeling is they were put out there, a mixture of fact and fiction, I guess to serve the purpose of disinformation. Although I wondered, in a case like that, why release anything at all? If you don't want people to know something, don't talk about it. Well, it can be any number of reasons. For example, back when Vicky, my wife Vicky, and I were publishing UFO magazine, it was her very strong feeling and contention that, especially among the intelligence agencies, they loved the UFO field because oftentimes these stories, like MJ-12, would be floated. It would be a study in how these documents surfaced among various groups and peoples in the UFO research community and what they might do with them. Now, in some of these cases, it was suspected and later, depending upon who you believe, confirmed that some of these stories were also in that time frame being used to try to smoke out foreign intelligence agents. Because especially after 1988, when the uh, reporter down in Las Vegas, Nevada, George Knapp from KLAS-TV, Channel 8 down there. He's a friend of the show. We know him, yes. Sure. Knapp broke the story on Area 51 and originally on an alleged insider that was only identified by the name Dennis. Later, in another series of reports, he came out with his full name, Robert Lazar. This was an area, the Area 51 site, where the Central Intelligence Agency and the, and the United States Air Force, going back to the early to mid-1950s, was developing advanced avionics out there, among other things. So, uh, it was suspected that, especially with stories like this, that the Foreign Intelligence Services, and at that time it would primarily have been the KGB, the Soviet Union's KGB, what those guys might be up to, who those guys might be talking to, and whether some of those guys might have actually infiltrated UFO movements. So uh, it's not a stretch to think that American intelligence would have been keeping a very close eye on that. Now, you also wonder here in the early days, what portion of UFO sightings were actually some sort of secret test aircraft? Well, the CIA, is, as we all know, uh, came out a number of years ago and quote, unquote, admitted that they had utilized the UFO topic in order to cover up uh, some of these advanced avionics that they were working with, like the U-2, the SR-71, the A-12, uh, and other aircraft. Now, uh, depending upon the time frame and depending upon the sightings that were being reported back in those days by people like airline pilots and uh, police officers and so forth, it would be quite a stretch to take some of those well-documented sightings and then be able to stick them to the uh, testing of the U-2 or the SR-71. Now, for example, the U-2 would travel up to 70,000 feet. 
the SR-71 would go up, and I think it's still classified, but at least close to 100,000 feet above the surface of the planet. Now, that would be, a, that would be quite a stretch to uh, use that to make uh, an explanation uh, of a sighting, for example, that an airline pilot might have reported when something was trailing his aircraft or right off of his wing, uh, some unexplained bogey. So uh, I always looked at those CIA admissions with somewhat of a, a jaundiced eye. Yeah, how can you believe anything that comes from the CIA? And you wonder, of course, about certain rogue agents out there that we don't want to name. You mean like uh, Richard Doty? You know, great, insane minds think alike. <laughs> you know, I still would love to have Richard Doty come on the show. I've asked him a few times. Yeah, we've gotten close, but uh, no cigar. Really close. I think we were almost at the point of scheduling an episode with Richard Doty. And then he started getting completely wacky about, well, what kind of questions are you going to ask me? And I have to think, this guy's a former intelligence agent. He should be a pretty smart guy. He should be able to answer any question without an excuse. We get no excuses from Don Ecker of the Dark Matters radio show. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. You know, neighbors, meetings are essential to the way we work. It's an opportunity to share ideas, problem-solve, and even develop creative solutions. But you know, if your team is spread out in all sorts of different locations, you know, coming together can be an impossible task. That is, of course, unless you use GoToMeeting with HD Faces. You know, it's the powerful, simple way to meet and collaborate online. And of course, when I try to get together with Chris and our guests for the show, you can see that we have to meet online because we can't get together. We're too far away. That's why we use GoToMeeting with HD Faces. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. For this special offer, visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, use the promo code PODCAST. Remember, use the promo code PODCAST at GoToMeeting.com. GoToMeeting. You see, meeting is believing. Hi, this is Gary Cooper with Midas Resources Gold and Silver. Don't be surprised when the global elite confiscates money from your bank account one day. They have already very clearly telling you that they're going to do it. With what just happened in Cyprus serving as a blueprint for future bank bailouts, if you are concerned about keeping your money, why not consider storing your wealth in gold and silver? Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. Together, we'll discuss your options of buying gold and silver. Again, the global elite have plans for your money, and it doesn't include you. So call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130, and I will send you a booklet with 10 reasons why gold and silver could be right for you. Again, don't get caught with money in your account when the next bank bailout hits. Call me, Gary Cooper, at one 800 686-2237, extension 130. We've lived in this neighborhood for years. We have an alarm system and all of our doors have deadbolts. They kicked in our door and were in and out of our house in about five minutes. The police arrived in about 20 minutes, but they were long gone with our TV jewelry and my guns. I kept thinking, what if my family had been home? 
The police officer said that more than 85% of break-ins are through a door and that deadbolts alone don't stop intruders. The officer told me to go to easyarmor.net if we wanted something that would actually stop an intruder. Easy Armor reinforces all of the weak points on your doors and is guaranteed to prevent kick-ins. I was surprised at how little Easy Armor costs, and I installed Easy Armor in about 30 minutes. Visit easyarmor.net. That's the letters E Z A R M O R.net. Or call 888-58-ARMOR. That's 888-582-7667. Easyarmor.net. Ultimate door security made easy. You've heard about our MRE Smorgasbord. Now, Long Life Food Depot introduces the most unique, safe, and longest-lasting way to stash emergency food, the Eat Pod. Most survival food products recommend an ideal storage environment, including low temps, low moisture, and low oxygen. If you're storing in a basement too humid, garages and attics too hot, but the waterproof, double-walled, high-density polyethylene patent-pending Eat Pod is a unique roll-away food bunker that creates the perfect condition can be buried up to 30 feet and can keep your survival food supply safe, secure, dry, and virtually undetectable for 25 years or more. Get full details on the Eat Pod at eatpod.com, spelled E-A-T-P-O-D.com, or call 800-601-2833. That's 800-601-2833. The Eat Pod from Long Life Food Depot. Since 1983, sending real food to your real future. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. As you see, I love interviewing Don Ecker because all I have to do is push the button and say, okay, Don, go. I just sit back, I relax, I enjoy. <laughs> And that makes it all the more fun. Yeah, it's what my wife always tells me. She just drops a quarter in, you know, and I'm off. <laughs> okay, well, today, of course, Don, you know, was feeling a little bit light in the cash department. We gave him 50 cents. Yes, sir, 50 cents. Now, let's tell everybody why I got invited on the show today, Gene. This was fun. Okay, now understand when April's Fool's Day comes about. <laughs> Wacky things happen. Now, but the point is, the best April Fool's joke is the one that sounds like the truth. I mean, you could do it two ways. One, you just say something totally outrageous. So outrageous that nobody in his right mind would believe it. Or you take an item, look at the history, add a little bit of fabrication, and you come up with a little plot that one of your friends pulled on us. Well, one of my, can I say this, one of my asshole listeners, am I allowed to say that? I think you just did. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of my listeners from DNR and a listener on the Paracast goes by the name on the Paracast of Ryan. Uh, put a thing in there that the other day on April Fool's Day that I was sick and I sent him a note saying that I was canceling Dark Matters Radio after the end of this week. Of course, this was purely out of the blue. I didn't know anything about it. And suddenly I get a message from Gene. Gene says, Don, how would you like to come on the Paracast and do a retrospective? And I'm thinking, didn't I just do that in December? Uh, 
So I, I wrote back and I said, sure, Gene, I'd love to. And then I went up to the Paracast and I see this note and suddenly it becomes clear because as we all know, you know, I've got a cop's mind. I can put together two and two and come up with six occasionally. So uh, there it was. And by the way, the listener is a really nice guy. <laughs> he is a loyal listener of your show. He's a loyal listener of the Paracast. He suggests guests from time to time, like he's a friend of Dr. Roger Lear, who was on the Paracast just last week. I mean, really good, loyal listener, and therefore he knew how to phrase this April Fool's hoax to be just perfect. Sensible and logical. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, uh, what's going on with this? And it just totally, you know, it totally went right over my head that it was April Fool's Day until I saw. I saw the the response to it, and I thought, "Oh man, that was a good one." <laughs> it, you had me going. I, I was thinking I was going to give you a call and say, "Don, what's up?" You know. And I thought, you know what? We're always glad to have Don on the show. There's no need to worry about what he's doing with his other show. It is we want to have somebody who is knowledgeable, smart, a lot of information to present. So it doesn't matter to me. I'm happy to have him on anyway. Oh, my God, was I getting buttered up there. What's next? I don't know. Well, you paid me for this. I have to tell you, you know, I got a dollar and a half to say this. Well, I'll tell you, I, I was noticing in uh, the uh, the question bank on the Paracast that when you and I put that thing up that I was going to be on, suddenly the floodgates opened. Yeah. I was thinking, good Lord. Yeah, I can't wait to ask a couple of these, boy. Oh, Chris could be champing it a bit. You know, it's kind of thing here yeah. where you get certain guests, and you get so many questions that you don't have to do any work. You just sit back and ask the questions. For example, one of our loyal listeners who's been on the show, by the way, Gogs Mackay, he asked what? A group of eight questions. Right. <laughs> I think have you kind of recounting your entire life for the last 42 years or something like that. <laughs> but i got to ask you one thing which may be a sour issue, but we have to ask it here. You guys, of course, sold off UFO magazine to Bill Burns. Now, that magazine hasn't appeared in a year. So are they out of business? Uh, that's a, a great question. Now, let me, uh, hey, you know, I am who I am. I'm not known for uh, calling a spade a damn shovel very often, but uh, I have been known to do that. So going back to 2005, when Vicky and I were still, we still owned half the magazine. The Burns kind of basically decided they were going to take over the whole thing. And this was right around the time of uh, the Katrina hurricane down in, uh, in New Orleans and uh, the southern part of the United States. And we were having a, uh, a meeting that day about, about the magazine. We were going over some articles and things like that. We were on a deadline. Now, when Vicki and I were sole publishers of UFO magazine, that was one thing that was not only an ironclad rule, but a, an absolutely stainless steel rule. And that rule was that you do not miss a deadline, come hell or high water. It was important for a lot of reasons, uh, not the least of which was getting it off to the printers, getting it out to the, the delivery trucks. I mean, 
once the magazine was published and then subsequently out to uh, uh, the subscribers and the, uh, you know, the, the bookstores and places that carried the magazine. Well, for whatever reason uh, at that time, the deadline, and I'm, I'm going now strictly from memory, the deadline was missed. So we were down there having this meeting. Now, there's something else I've got to say, and uh, I've never made a secret of this. I have always been, uh, if I'm asked a question, I've always been as honest as I can be. Although I have tried to never bring this aspect of myself into the UFO arena. Politically, I am very conservative, okay? I'm very liberal when it comes to the rights and, and uh, the, the, uh, the amendments to the Constitution that were put in place to guarantee the liberties to American citizens, and that was the reason they were put in there. But conservatively, uh, speaking about overseas and what have you, uh, I've always had a very conservative outlook. Now, like I said, I did not and have not tried to ever bring my beliefs into the UFO arena. However, I was that day blindsided. I was castigated. Uh, during that meeting by Bill's wife, Nancy, because of the hurricane. And, I mean, the lady came completely unglued on me. Because of the hurricane? What does that have to do with anything? Because, because she felt that, uh, that Bush, uh, who was president then, wasn't uh, acting quickly enough. Now... Yeah. What does that have to do with no. UFOs and UFO magazine? It made no sense. Well, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Sure. It made absolutely no sense. Now, I was supposed to uh, go to uh, a doctor's appointment after the meeting, and, uh, I mean, this devolved into an absolute screaming, shouting match, and pretty much effectively at that point, I said, the hell with most of it. I'll tell you what, before our sponsors say the same thing, we have Don Ecker joining Gene and Chris here in The Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. The coming financial collapse is real. The subsequent social unrest will happen. 
Even if you made it out of suburbia alive, where would you take your family? Act now to secure your survival retreat in the American Redoubt with the experts at SurvivalRetreatConsulting.com. The American Redoubt is the designated safe haven for all liberty-minded patriots relocating to Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming. Get eyes, ears, and boots on the ground. Get professional, confidential, discreet advice. Get SurvivalRetreatConsulting.com. Call 208-627-2855. Save time, money, and stress while you secure your ultimate survival retreat property now before it's too late. Water, energy, food, defense. SurvivalRetreatConsulting.com. SurvivalRetreatConsulting.com. Your freedoms are on the line. The Second Amendment is in danger. How soon before your freedoms are taken away? What can you not live without? What is your greatest dependency? Is it your guns? Is it your home? No, it's food. It all boils down to the food supply. Tyrannical governments control people by controlling their food supply. Don't be dependent. Be self-sufficient. Don't wait for the government to feed you. Feed yourself. I can warn you, but I can't feed you. Do like Alex has done and get a supply of food from eFoods Direct. It's the best long-term storable food on the planet. Get the popular Mega Patriot Pack free. A 24-day supply of food plus stove, cook pot, and fuel. Call 800-250-1857 or go to eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex and get up to 20 Mega Patriot Packs free with purchase. Build your food supply, be in control, be self-sufficient, and be a patriot. Call 800-250-1857 or eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex and get your free Patriot Pack today. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. With Gene and Chris in the Paracast, we're talking about a critical meeting here that Don and Vicki Ecker had with Bill and Nancy Burns, where pretty much the partnership was ended right then and there on UFO Magazine, right? Well, Vicky was was still on board. I still, uh, after that, submitted a couple of articles. But the things that I had been doing, uh, I just was was pretty much finished with it. And officially... All because of an argument over a hurricane? Well, the, you know, it, it was... Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. From that point forward, there were hard feelings all the way around. I said things that I probably should not have said. 
But, you know, I felt at the time that I was justified. That was pretty much the end of it as far as my involvement with the Burns went. Now, Vicky left officially around November or December of 2006. And I wrote my document, my 20 years in the UFO fog, that was put out around January of 2007. So, from that point forward, I was officially done with the magazine and what have you. Now, I have not kept close tabs on anything, but of course, one of the things that I've heard about, and I've had people contact me uh, about what has happened to the magazine. Now, I have not personally been in touch with either the Burnses, but I have done, after I was contacted, I did do some some uh, research on what had happened. Apparently, about a year or so ago, Nancy Burns, who saw herself as uh, the ace editor, who was doing a hell of a lot better job than my wife had done. As a matter of fact, that was one thing that she said to Vicky that I got to uh, to tell you just absolutely uh, scalded me when I heard that. But uh, she decided to quit publishing the magazine for a while because she was writing a book. Now, during this period of time, people were still sending in uh, money for subscriptions and what have you. And then we're contacting, from what I understand, to find out what had uh, happened to the publication. And uh, we're not being contacted back. So recently, it's my understanding that uh, Nancy Burns came out with a public announcement that they were starting once again to publish the magazine. And a lot of it would be now in electronic form. So it remains to be seen if that happens or not. However... I will say this, that much of the magazine dropped away from what Vicki and I did, which were reporting on cases, on incidents, on personalities, on book reviews, those kind of things that we were known for doing when we were publishing the magazine, and now is mostly taken up with columns by various people around the field, some which I might add uh, we would not have entertained back when we were publishing the magazine. But, hey, it's no longer under our purview, so uh, good luck with it. And we have to see what's going to happen, because this announcement about some kind of digital version of UFO magazine went up several weeks ago. There's been no update. Yeah, yeah. I know, it's hard to do a print magazine, so... Well, look, in the world, the real world, print magazines are dying. Here's the thing about doing a print publication. They are very expensive. Things like ink, things like paper, things like are you having a glossy cover or uh, something else, the various types of fonts that you use, making sure, which uh, this was a problem a few years ago when the magazine was still being published, uh, that you proofread the publication before it goes to the printer. There were a lot of, of oops that showed up in the magazine there for quite a while. A story continued on page XXX, you know, and then you have to hunt and peck for uh, the rest of the story in the magazine. Those kind of things. Uh, it takes time and expertise to uh, 
you know, to really, really pull something like that off. And then the payoff is often very, very low. Things like you may have two or three magazines out before you get any payback for, you know, uh, the first magazine you sent out. And, and already here's magazine number three. And all the meantime, you still have to keep paying for uh, the printing. You have to keep paying for uh, the deliveries. Uh, so it's, it's a tough game. Well, I know I've been there, so I know how difficult it is. As many publishers are learning, it's better not to have a print magazine anymore. Doesn't make sense. So that's a good move. We have to see what happens with it. That's why so many so many publications today uh, are dying. I mean, uh, they're just disappearing. Or they have an online version and they're trying to figure out ways to monetize it. Even the New York Times is trying to figure out ways to monetize their presentation. At the same time, what you see in journalism today is cutting back on investigative journalism. So you have people who cover the stories from day to day. When you need this analysis, and we were talking about this before on another interview with my tech show, the Tech Night Out Live, about doing real journalism, about covering the story, going in-depth about what's really happening, that doesn't happen. No, you can see that. You can see that all across the board. And there's something else. Uh, and it's especially very prevalent with uh, the current uh, administration in the White House especially with the uh, White House press briefings. It's known as access journalism. If you, in fact, have a propensity to ask questions, hard questions, hard-edged questions about things that you perceive is happening. And, uh, for example, the, uh, the administration now is cutting off access to journalists. Uh, the Benghazi affair is one perfect example that has not been addressed uh, by the administration to the public. The yeah, but I think there's also a lot of political posturing there, and I just don't want to get into it. No, no, no. We'll get into an argument. The point, sure, but. It's not I, what I'm saying. What sure. I'm saying is that you have access journalism, okay? When that's perceived what is happening, then you lose the investigative process. It's also very apparent in the UFO field. Uh, for example, uh, one person in, in particular, Dr. Stephen Greer, okay, recently went out and gathered up close to a quarter of a million dollars to do a movie, okay? And everybody initially thought that we're donating to this movie, that this thing was going to be in the theaters and what have you. Suddenly, the movie is done, all that money is collected, and it's only selective showings around people's homes and those types, you know, those types of venues where the public is not going to get a chance probably to see this. So that that's a case also of access journalism. Back when Vicky and I were doing UFO magazine, do you think for one second, and I can tell you it would have never happened, that if we would have tried to get in touch with Greer to sit down and interview him about something like this, that he would do it. He wouldn't because we would ask him hard-edged questions. That's what we did. 
I'll tell you what, he was on the Paracast a couple of times. And the second time we asked him not so much a hard-edged question, but a medium-edged question, and he became real, real uppity, real fast. Well, the same thing with Stephen Bassett, okay? When you and David Biedney were trying to get him to talk about why he, in fact, had some of these very, shall we say, loose personalities connected with the Disclosure Project, and he felt it was not his job to vet these people prior to taking the things like the press briefing. You know, he actually yelled on the air. I think that's the only time that happened. We had another guest who hung up on us. But in this particular case, he was yelling at us as a result. Don Ecker can yell at people, too, when they deserve it. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, And the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. Prepared against possible food shortages and economic collapse is not complicated. Just remember two words, disaster, stuff. Add.com after those two words and you've got just one site for all your preparedness needs. Disasterstuff.com prepares your family against food shortages with Linden Farms freeze-dried foods in buckets or gourmet reserves, freeze-dried food in number 10 cans, both with free shipping. Purify and rid your water of contaminants with a big Berkey or other Berkey system and get free shipping plus a water level spigot or fluoride filter at cost and protect your radios and other electronics from EMPs with our EMP Faraday bags starting at just $5.90 when the food shortages and economic instability happens be ready with all your stuff from disasterstuff.com just remember two words disasterstuff.com freedom through self-reliance and personal responsibility Nice shooting. Hey, that's a sweet AK-47 chest rig. Is that multicam? Yep, got it from StrikeHardGear.com. Strike what? StrikeHardGear.com. Set your sights on StrikeHardGear.com. Tough, tactical gear for your Soviet-style weapon that's made in the USA. Affordable, plus a no-questions-asked 30-day money-back guarantee and lifetime replacement warranty. StrikeHardGear.com. Go ahead. Pull the trigger. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the
to public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army. Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Radio advertising on GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, is simple, affordable, and reaches millions. How do we do it? Let's break it down. First, the simple part. You tell us about your business. Then our expert radio copywriters write your copy. We hire professional voice talent. Hello there. I'm a professional announcer. And then produce your ad with just the right music and feel. Voila. Simple. How affordable? 60-second ads on GCN are the most affordable national radio advertising rates, period. And that brings us to reach. Millions of people listen to GCN radio programs on over 700 AM and FM and XM stations and streaming audio live. That's it. A one-stop shop. Creative radio ads. Very affordable rates. Millions of potential customers and customer service that can't be beat. See our current list of satisfied advertisers at GCNlive.com. Then shoot us an email, advertise at GCNlive.com. This is Hilly Rose, and I hope that you do listen to the Paracast, because you will learn a great deal about the paranormal. As you see, our friend Don Ecker of Dark Matters Radio suffers no prisoners. He tells you what he thinks, whether you like it or not. I mean, that even included our friend, the late Jim Mosley, where he had a few things to say about Jim that we enjoy hearing, but it was also, you know, a respect of the fact that he and Jim were not exactly close friends when Jim was alive. But, you know, that's how things go. All right. And the other problem is with things like that is far too many people in the UFO field, when they get a person like a Stephen Greer, on their show. They're afraid to question him. They're intimidated by it, so they ask very simple questions or have the guest give them questions. A certain radio show you know about does that. Give them questions, they read the questions, and that's the interview. That's not an interview, that's what? A report card? I'm not even a report card. That's not even an interview. It's like doing show and tell or something. A puff piece. Well, I'll, I'll give you an example. Now, just very recently... Uh, George Knapp, who is a, uh, a you know, uh, an excellent reporter from uh, KLAS-TV, and he also uh, hosts occasionally on the Coast to Coast radio show, which, of course, was originally put together by uh, radio legend Art Bell. Now, George just had Mr. Robert Bigelow on the program. Now, I would have loved to have had an opportunity to uh, interview Bigelow. As a matter of fact, I had the president of Cyberstation USA contact Bigelow's people for uh, the opportunity to interview Bob Bigelow on Dark Matters Radio. And he worked on it for several months trying to get Bigelow to sit down and agree to that. Of course, they wouldn't. Now, why? Well, for that very fact, because, you know, when I when I do a show, it's kind of like when I did a criminal investigation. I went where the clues took me, and uh, there are a hell of a lot of people out there that just will not sit uh, still for something like that. So, you know, 
uh, it, it's a it's a tough racket whether you're publishing and trying to sit down and, and dig the real hard facts out or uh, you're doing a radio interview and trying to dig the real hard facts out. A lot of times these uh, these guys will just try to slip away. And I've always had a problem with that. Well, the thing is, a guest like that is going to want to control the message. It's like you bring a corporate executive on there. You bring, like, a Tim Cook from Apple. And he's been interviewed by several elements in the media. In each case, in each case, you know that Apple worked with the particular network in question to fine-tune the message. Yeah, well, that's, once again, that's kind of like access journalism. If you ask the hard questions... If you don't get the access, the guests don't come on. I mean, I listen to cable TV news from the three major networks, CNN, Fox, MSNBC. Regardless of your political affiliations, conservative, liberal, whatever, you know that when they get that famous guest, presidential candidates, even the president, Congress, Senate, whatever, they let them just go on... They ask a few skeptical questions, but you just know if they really just stopped and said, stop with the political talking points, let's discuss the issues, that guest would up and leave and no other guest like that would ever come on. Exactly, exactly. And uh, that's unfortunately where the media has fallen down on their sword for these guys, and they've, they've just absolutely lost any objectivity uh the fourth estate is now you know uh below pond scum uh as far as i'm concerned and uh the majority of them are about as worthless as tits on a boar hog <laughs> okay i'll How go do you with really that feel about the uh state of journalism today don uh, that pretty much said it i believe <laughs> do you remember journalism I don't know if we see much of that practice yeah. anymore. It's oh, like they're copy machines. Start your copy machines. And it's so unfortunate. You see, if enough stations, enough networks went out there and asked the hard questions, and then when the guest says they're not going to come on anymore, broadcast that fact. Say, okay, <laughs> congressman such and such, senator such and such, they're afraid to come on here. They're afraid to answer the questions. Pretty soon they'd have to do it. Well, the problem is these guys and women have forgotten that they are working for you and me. They are our employees. And I think that under our system, at least the way it is today, we've got to make them aware of that. And somehow it's gotten turned topsy-turvy. The same thing with the UFO and, and paranormal topics, you know. These guys are operating with our tax money. It's our money. And believe me, we are being bled white right now in tax dollars that, that are being taken. And by God, I want to know what they are doing with my money. Now, take the... But they're not working for you. They're working for the corporate donor. Yeah. Have you noticed... Take the, the example of UFOs. Now, we have been told, uh, Gene and Chris, for all the years that we've been involved with this topic, that UFOs do not represent a threat to national security. Okay, that's great. 
they don't represent a threat, then what in the hell are you hiding? Okay, because it's obvious to anybody with at least a half an ounce of gray matter between their ears that something is being hidden and is being concealed. But uh, it's not one of those things that uh, is going to come to the surface anytime soon. Don, we got so many questions asked in the forum at the question bank at forum.thepowercast.com from our listeners. I think we should kind of open up to some of those questions right now, and we'll get back to asking you other things. Chris, you want to get started? I'm sure. uh, Spooky Mulder, uh, you know, you were talking about in 2007, Don, about your your decision to publicly leave the field of ufology. He wants to know if it's not too sensitive of an issue. Could you talk about that decision to get out of the field and what has brought you back? Well, I think I just said why I, I ended up getting out of the field. Getting back into the field, okay, now this is something that I have explained time and time again. I do not consider myself back in the fray, per se. I do my radio show, and this is, of course, one of the topics that we cover uh, quite frequently, uh, and I've always been very consistent in stating that I have never lost my interest or my curiosity about the topic But as to getting out there and getting back up to my elbows, for example, in dead cows, or uh, going to an area where there was a recent sighting, landing traces, I haven't done that. I've basically, since I I physically left the field, mostly what I've done is, is talk about it. So basically you talk, but you don't act. Mm, yeah, I guess that would be pretty accurate. All right, fair enough. No one's going to force you to do that because there's so many things about the UFO field that are toxic. You understand why people want to give it up, why people want to get back to a regular life, but there's something about it that just drags you back in, and you and I both know it. Well, you know, doing doing the radio show is actually quite a bit different than being out there uh, in the field. But you see, one thing that I have over many people that today see themselves as broadcasting with podcasts and what have you is the years that I put into the subject where I've been in the field. I've talked to the people. I have uh, been examining cases. Uh, I have interviewed people of note and then reported uh, on what I found. So, you know, uh, I guess I, uh, at the risk of sounding like I'm a little full of myself, I, I guess I've been around this block a few times, and often I'm able to discover what the pitfalls are ahead of time. And sometimes you still fall into the trap. Well, we all do. We're human. Yes, despite the warning signs, we look at things, we fall into the trap, we make the same mistakes over and over again. Even if they say doing the same thing over and over again and thinking it will bring a different result, well, that means you're insane. Well, I guess most of us are insane. We have Don Ecker of the Dark Matters radio show with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast.
The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All Renovation Teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order Renovation Teas at RenovationTea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation Teas. Renovate your health one bag at a time. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Don Ecker of the Dark Matters Radio Show, friend of the Paracast, joining us. We're talking shop and answering your questions from forum.theparacast.com. He was asked why he got out of the field, but sometimes you think things like that are self-evident. What's the next question, Chris? Well, this one comes from William J. White, and this is interesting. I've never heard this before, Don. Don, I remember you mentioning that you thought it was Bill Moore who had told you about a piece of information that you had gotten from one of your government, or he had gotten from one of his government contacts regarding a couple that lived in rural California who were under constant government surveillance because they were actually extraterrestrials. Have you since confirmed that it was, in fact, Bill Moore who shared this information with you, or was it someone else? And do you think there was anything to this peculiar story? This is, this is a new one for me, Don. No, no, he got that a little confused. Back in uh, the early 90s, after Bill Moore made his infamous announcement at uh, the MUFON Symposium in Las Vegas, uh, we reported on that in UFO magazine, Of course, at that time, I had a a lot of contacts, and I was trying to keep ahead of some of these these games that uh, various peoples were playing. But at any rate, at that time, 
uh, Bill Moore and I, somewhere along the line, agreed that we were going to have lunch or brunch every few weeks just to kind of, quote, unquote, catch up. Now, the bottom line was Moore wanted to know what the hell we were doing, and I wanted to know what the hell Moore was doing. Now, another guy came out of the woodwork about that time that was making quite a splash out here in California uh, that the Paracast members will recall was a guy by the name of Michael, well, was going by the name of Michael Younger. Now, Younger had uh, been in touch with me. It's a kind of a long story, and I don't want to get sidetracked with all of that. But one day, he called me up, and uh, he knew that I was having uh, these meetings with Moore. And he asked me, he said, by the way, he said, uh, when you meet with Bill, he said, ask him about this, because one of my contacts uh, wants to know, and I think it was letting Bill Moore and his intelligence contact know that uh, this other group, which, and to be honest, I don't know to this day who they were or who they represented, but they were going by the nomenclature of COM-12, that they were keeping a couple, Moore's intelligence people, were keeping a couple living here in California under surveillance. And I said, well, for what reason? And Younger got a little hinky about that, and finally he blurted out, well, he said, uh, the belief is they might be E.T., and, you know, I got to tell you, I thought when I heard that, I thought, oh, boy, what what is this? So I said, OK, sure, I'll uh, ask him. So the next meeting that we had, we were sitting there having breakfast and we were chatting about this and that. And I hit more with this and uh, more Moore's reaction was very unusual. And he looked taken aback. And uh, apparently, there was something about this story that was true. And Younger made sure that I told Moore that according to Younger's contacts, that these people had the potential to be extremely dangerous. And I passed that along. And basically, that was the last I ever heard about it. That's pretty interesting. Uh, you know, Bill Moore, of course, uh, for some of our uh, newer listeners, he kind of did a mea culpa. I think it was 89, wasn't it, Don, where he, he admitted that he was a disinformation agent, that uh, that he had been passing along uh, well, you know, no, questionable. Well, never, no, he never admitted he was a disinformation agent. What he did was admit that he had been working hand-in-glove with some of his intelligence contacts because at one point they had promised him that if he played along that they would uh, bring him into the fold somewhat and more of course like most of us was desperate to try to get a handle on what this whole thing was all about now yes he did admit that he passed along to a civilian scientist by the name of Paul Benowitz, a document that was patent disinformation. He admitted that. 
But yeah. according to what Moore told me, and I talked to him several times about this, that he cautioned Benowitz. This was his way of trying to explain this. He had cautioned Paul Benowitz that he would be very careful before he accepted the document's context, contents at face value. But uh, the bottom line is, yeah, he passed along disinformation. Yeah, well, that's that goes that goes without saying, and it boy did it cause an uproar in the field. Uh, this was a little bit before I got involved, but even not being directly involved in the field, I do recall the furor in hearing hearing about it. Uh, that it it really turned everything upside down. Uh, he effectively destroyed his own participation in this. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we, absolutely. I mean, he was never, never really taken uh, at face value or ser- really seriously again, uh, for that matter. Not, not that he's ever really uh, based on what I've heard. Um, I think he's really kind of reconciled this whole thing in his own mind, and uh, he, he never really. I think he he felt a, a little remorse about it, but. The fact that he actually fessed up showed that he was a, a bigger man than others in the field. Let's put it that way. And you, and you have to you have to admit that it, it did take a considerable amount of courage and I, w- I would say just you know forthrightness to come forward like he did. And that's uh, that's commendable, I think, uh, to some degree. Now, Gogs McKay, of course, uh, has <laughs> as Gene mentioned earlier, has a. Quite a number of questions here for you, and uh, a few of them go back to your days as a law enforcement officer. And he wants to know if you were directed to a home in which someone proceeded to relate an alien abduction type event, conscious memory, not through hypnosis, uh, while you were in law enforcement. And if so, how did you proceed with that? And would you have proceeded with any investigation at all as a police officer? Boy, you know, when I read that, I got to tell you, I sat there and I thought about it, and I'll be extremely honest and upfront. Back in those days, if somebody would have approached me with something like that, quite frankly, because, you know, uh, one thing about this field, it's a learning experience, and uh, things that today I might take at face value I would have never entertained the thought 30 years ago. But if somebody would have come to me with a story like that then, okay, and I'm talking about 30-plus years ago, I would have probably thought they needed a mental health intervention. Yeah. How about now? I mean, would you take it a little bit more seriously, depending on the uh, details? Or oh, yeah. Would be a- and for years, for years, I have stated this, and I'll, I'll state it again. We often had people come to us when Vicky and I were doing UFO magazine, and they would they would relay some of these perceived experiences. And I was always, always extremely uncomfortable with it because I was afraid that I might do more harm than I could do any good for them. So this is what I always recommended to them number one if this is something that you are very troubled about okay this is something that you cannot deal with uh that you need you you feel the need to to have support with this perceived experience the first thing that i would recommend to you 
is to see your family physician. Right before we talk about that physician and what he might respond, we have Don Ecker joining Gene and Chris in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Making the right decisions is a challenge to investors. Are we going to see economic growth, slide into a recession, or at worst, depression? Hi, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources. We all know when a company acts irresponsibly, divesting ourselves in a move towards safety is prudent. When the market becomes volatile, U.S. Treasuries are a safe haven. But what do you do when the U.S. government overextends itself and spends beyond its means? Many investors are turning toward gold as a common-sense alternative to traditional paper investments. Midas Resources has put together a powerful book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, discussing costs, benefits, risks, featuring full-color illustrations, weights, and measures. The book is free and can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. Paper investments are dwarfed by gold's 6,000-year history. Discover how gold may be right for you and your IRA by calling 800-686-2237. Whether buying or it's time for you to sell, the book is free. Call 800-686-2237. Imagine waking one morning only to find your family shivering in the dark because you couldn't afford to pay your electric bill. That's closer than you think. You probably haven't heard about this yet because the liberal media has been suppressing what is fast becoming the most shocking news story of 2012. Obama's secret war on coal that could increase your already high power bill as much as 400% in coming months. As shocking as it sounds, it may well be just a matter of time before the lights start going out across America. But here's some good news. There's an underground video at Exposed123.com that thousands of smart patriots have used to end their slavery to the corrupt electricity monopoly. The video at Exposed123.com has already been banned by Google, and the liberal media is doing everything in its power to take it down and keep America in the dark. So watch it now at Exposed123.com before it's too late. Again, that's Exposed123.com. Gardeners, here comes another growing season, but don't use last year's soil. Maximize yields in your survival garden with EM1 from Terragonics. EM1 is an organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant that provides a broad spectrum of beneficial microorganisms, enzymes, trace minerals, vitamins, and various organic acids. EM1 helps regulate the soil's pH level and its soil microbes, improving moisture retention and drought tolerance. Remember last year's dry conditions? EM1 from Terragonics is safe, chemical-free, and certified for use on all organic farms. 
improves plant quality, size, color, flavor, and gives up to 20% more nutrient value in fruits and vegetables and greatly increases shelf life. And EM1 is so simple to use, just mix with water and apply. This year, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terraganix.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganix, life's getting better. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So the first suggestion, you see the family physician assuming you have one, and I think a lot of people don't these days. Right. What, what's the next suggestion, Don Ecker? Number one, you see your family's physician. Number two, if you are having a hard time dealing with this perceived experience, seek a mental health counselor. Now, I am not suggesting by any stretch of the imagination that I'm saying that uh, you're disturbed. What I am saying is that these would be the people that might be able to help you deal with the situation. What we're talking about here, guys, and this is not something that is often discussed in connection with abduction, but we are dealing with a type of PTSD if it's an actual experience that these people have undergone. The other thing that I, to- that I would tell them is that I do not under any circumstance, recommend going to someone that deals in UFO hypnotherapy or, uh, well, even some of these groups that would get together. You've got to be very, very careful because they can muddy up the field if you're in there. I have been to a number of hypnotherapy regressions as an observer, And in one case in particular, I remember this hypnotherapist talking to the uh, client that they were dealing with. And during the hypnotherapy, I can remember distinctly this person asking the, the person on the couch, well, what planet were they from? Oh boy! This, this kind of this kind of business boy will just screw the pooch. Okay, so I, I I would be very careful with this because you can really screw up someone's mind, and that's why I always refuse to get involved in those. And in particular, what you just said: if you do that, you're basically causing them to fabricate an experience. Exactly. And that makes it worse. I understand, for example, why Kevin Randall doesn't believe in hypnotic regression. Yes. Yeah. Randall, Bill Cohn, Dr. Bill Cohn, and uh, former, uh, he's, now, he's now left the stage, but uh, television producer Russ Estes wrote a book about that very thing. And incidentally, when they did, and unfortunately, I don't remember the title of uh, Randall Cohn and Estes' book, but when they wrote that, boy, they got a lot of hate in the ufo field there wasn't much love coming their way how about other types of cases while you were in law enforcement gogs mckay asks uh, again cop days did you ever hear anything yourself or through the grapevine 
a law enforcement grapevine that was worthy of the X-Files in these sort of strange paranormal type reports that uh, were filed. Yes. Before you answer that question, let me just tell our listeners, the book from Kevin Randall, Russ Estes, and William Cohn is called The Abduction Enigma, An Investigation of the Alien Abduction Phenomenon. It's from 1999. I guess some publishers still have used copies. Sorry to interrupt. Yes. Yeah, there were there were two things that came to mind about would they be worthy of the X-Files. And the first one that I'm going to mention is one that I've mentioned here before when I was a lead investigator on two cattle mutilation cases. That, I think, definitely qualifies. The other one happened not long after I first became a uniformed police officer. Now, one thing that I'll never forget, because (laughs) at the time, I was not thinking much along the lines of UFOs or those types of experiences, but we had a uh, a hotline telephone number. Uh, to call in the event that something ufological came our way. And I'll never forget the first time, and I, I don't anymore remember what the number was or who it went to. I never used it. But we had a, a number right there in the uh, department uh, to contact if we heard of any UFO cases, okay? Now, that that kind of I, I found that kind of strange at the time. And we're talking circa 1970, early, early 1974. The other thing that I heard about that was kind of a mind blower was between my hometown and uh, going down into Antis County. Now, there were a couple of ways that you could get there. But this one route was kind of like on a country lane. When I heard about this, I was absolutely amazed. But another police officer from a different department, his wife had been driving down there. And if I remember now, uh, this would have been in the fall. And uh, she was literally driven off the road, wrecked her car. And uh, when all the, uh, the facts came out about it, she claimed that a UFO, an unidentified flying object, a saucer, had streaked down, overflew the road, was coming right at her, and she uh, was driven off the road and into a tree. Even MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, reported on that in one of their monthly uh, publications. And I think, if I remember correctly, and, and I could be wrong, but this was reported on sometime during, I believe it was 1973. I think that would have probably been uh, X-Files worthy. Chris? Um, we have a, a bunch of questions, Don, about your um very commendable work, uh, you know, with the lunar anomaly subject. But I want to go on to some of the other questions first, and then, then we'll get into that. This is another question from Gogs McKay, and it's a good one. Do you think the huge number of UFO videos being taken and available now are leading to some critical mass that makes it undeniable that there are objects or phenomena in the sky that are neither hoaxed or explained that you can explain conventionally? And 
he says, I believe that even after weeding out obvious computer graphic ho- hoaxes, etc., there are still a staggering amount of good videos and pictures out there, and the number is increasing hugely. Do you think that this is going to... Uh, do you think the, the the data or the images are going to overwhelm the mystery? Do you think this is uh, some sort of uh, positive development? And do you think it's going to make it easier uh, to possibly gain more information about this um, about these mysteries? In a word, no. I don't. I don't think. Uh, to begin with, I've gone up to YouTube and have looked at many, many videos. Many of those are, quite frankly, hoaxes, okay? The stuff that can be done today with computers and software just boggle the mind. And many, many, many of those videos uh, that are put up there are, are suspect just on the very front of it. And before we get to the back of it, we have Don Ecker. Joining Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com What do you do when your propane runs out and you don't have a large amount of wood for cooking? That's when you need a Grover Rocket Stove from StockStorage.com. The Grover Rocket Stove starts easily with any combustible material like junk mail, small twigs, leaves, weeds, or dry sagebrush. Then just add a small amount of kindling wood and you'll be cooking entire meals in minutes. Grover Rocket Stoves are made right here in the USA and are built to last a lifetime using heavy-duty thick-gauge steel and are painted with high-temp paint to withstand heat. Go to StockStorage.com and see three great Grover Rocket Stoves, stainless steel, heavy-duty, or our original Grover Rocket Stove for only $135 and get free shipping to the lower 48. For phone orders, call 801-361-6984 or go to StockStorage.com. That's 801-361-6984 or StockStorage.com. The original Grover Rocket Stove Minimal Wood Use Cooking Stoves. Available exclusively from StockStorage.com. It's time for a home security quiz. What effective home security device is smaller than a coffee cup, fakes out burglars into thinking someone is home at your house while you're away, plugs into any wall outlet, is recommended by many police departments, and sells for less than $30? Yes, it's fake TV. This year, about one in every 50 U.S. homes will have a break-in, with burglars usually picking 
making the easy target, a dark house that looks like no one is home. Fake TV is a small electronic security device that makes it look like someone is home watching TV by simulating the light from a real TV. Fake TV could be the difference between coming home to a secure house or one that's been ransacked. To get your fake TV for only $29.95 with free shipping, go to faketv.com or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. That's 877-532-5388 or go to faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. As many as 7.5 million Americans have psoriasis, and many of them suffer in silence, hiding their itching, flaking, and discomfort. If you're living with psoriasis, your new life begins now when you call for a risk-free trial of Ceriderm. Ceriderm provides fast topical relief of skin psoriasis. Ceriderm helps to stop the itching, irritation, redness, and flaking caused by your psoriasis. Even if you've tried everything else, even if you've suffered for years, imagine living without discomfort and embarrassment and without wearing long clothes to hide your psoriasis. We're so confident you'll love your skin after using Ceriderm that we're offering it risk-free. But you have to call now. Just call 1-800-207-3483. That's 1-800-207-3483. Try Ceriderm risk-free. Just call 1-800-207-3483. That's 1-800-207-3483. This is Hilly Rose, and I hope that you do listen to the Paracast, because you will learn a great deal about the paranormal. Don Ecker with Gene and Chris on the Paracast, and he's answering your questions, which are posted at forum.theparacast.com. Don, you were in the middle of answering a question from our listeners. Would you proceed? Yes. The, uh, the other thing is, regardless of how many photographs or pictures that are taken of supposed anomalies, today it is virtually impossible to validate many of these uh, simply because of of uh, the power of personal computers, the software, the way that these things can be manipulated. A few years ago, about three years ago, I was working with uh, a guy that was trying to put together a television program. This guy was a producer uh, on my lunar stuff. And at the time that that I was working all on spec, incidentally, it was all ended up being a freebie. He often would direct me to uh, various links that were uh, supposedly showing some uh, UFOs that had been videotaped. I'll never forget one that took place somewhere supposedly on an island, I believe down in the Caribbean, if, if I recall correctly, were these two absolutely mind-boggling UFOs with fire coming out of them, what have you, right above a palm tree. Yeah, well, that was, that was the, the Haiti. Uh, they call it the Haiti footage, I think. Right. Well, it was bogus. The whole thing was was slapped together by somebody. They did one tremendous job on it. And boy, I'll tell you, the first time I saw it, I was thinking to myself, good Lord, but uh, it, it was phony. 
So how do you today with with the digital thing with computers with software? How do you make a determination on what's real, what isn't? It's not like the old days where you could go back and you could have experts examine uh, the negatives uh, from you know from uh, footage. You could you could examine to see well was this thing hanging from a wire? Was it suspended in air some way? Uh, it's impossible to do so. I'm very cynical about that. So you think that this is actually doing more harm than good. It's actually making it more difficult to separate this signal out of the noise, the wheat from the chaff, uh, so to speak. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Well, there are certain there are certain diagnostic elements um, that the average hoaxer is not aware of that has to do with the ionization effect that these objects have in the atmosphere, especially anywhere near water. You're going to have what akin to plasma effects that uh, that tend to be seen uh, during legitimate sightings, and could account, uh, for instance, for some of the vivid colors that people have reported over the years. So, I think with an accurate analysis by somebody who knows what they're looking at, uh, I think that these these things can be uh, determined whether they're real or not uh, pretty quickly. Uh, but you're right, Don. I mean, uh, for the average person looking at some of these <laughs> these videos on YouTube, with with the you know the super compressed uh, video that you know YouTube is is now becoming infamous infamous for in the UFO realm, it, some of them are are just uh, you just have to wonder why someone's going to spend hundreds of hours to create some of these amazing uh, hoaxes. Why just just to get their yayas off and get people thinking that that this is a real a real sighting event, I I, I wonder about the motivation sometimes uh, behind some of these uh, very elaborate videos that that are you see more and more of them, and uh, it's uh, unfortunate it does muddy the waters. But he asked a related question: the availability of affordable, reasonable quality digital cameras on phones, etc., in countries where previously there were few means that there are now potentially hundreds of millions of new witnesses with evidence of UFO activity. And I, I would add the word uh, with potential evidence of UFO activity. An example is the former Soviet Union. Do you think, Don, UFO activity on the whole is increasing? Or are we just more able to capture the evidence? I think there was an article that just came out last week saying that we've had a, a quite a significant drop uh, since 2012 in in uh, reported UFO sightings. What, what's your feelings? Do, do you see any trends here? No, actually, with the a few exceptions, it seems like there have been fewer and fewer reports coming out. Now, back in the 90s, there were a number of groups. There were uh, organizations, not the least of which was uh, MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, uh, there was uh, organizations like the Fund for UFO Research. Uh, there were some serious people that were trying to do some serious work. Unfortunately, because of current economic conditions, uh, the fact that uh, it's seemingly more and more amateurs are entering the fray, with not a basic background or M.O. and how to conduct a, a correct investigation or how to go about securing evidence, talking to people, interviewing people. Uh, I, I've seen the whole 
feel basically de-evolve. And I think if you're if you're being honest, I think you would agree with that. Sounds like Devo, <laughs> the uh, offbeat rock band of the eighties. Yeah, I would agree with that, boy. So you know, to, to, to get back to it, I, I, uh, I I'm not real positive about the direction that a lot of this stuff is heading, especially when you when you have organizations like MUFON that, for all intents and purposes, have been co-opted. Uh, any data that flows in seemingly goes down a deep dark hole never to be seen again the people that do have money and i'm talking about primarily folks like robert bigelow who seemingly collects this information as soon as it's fresh off the griddle is not releasing any of it it all goes in doesn't come out now in the case of MUFON, I think that was the dispute they had with him. Bigelow was financing MUFON investigations. But now MUFON still has a publication. They still have their annual events. The only criticism I see is that there's more of an effort to give them entertainment value at the expense of solid information. Yeah, they bring on guests who maybe should have been vetted. Have we yeah, heard that before? And, and not only that, but you, you get the same... Uh, old crowd going in there. When is the last time that they actually had uh, an investigator, a speaker, somebody to come in and really shake them at the uh, the foundation? You don't have that. Uh, my God, I mean, you can say a lot of things, for example, about the 1989 MUFON symposium that was uh, hosted by john lear of all people but that i was there as a matter of fact i was a speaker there the only time that i ever spoke at a, a mufon symposium uh of that stature and uh boy, there were a lot of things that were shaken up there but you don't see that anymore they they don't want to ruffle feathers they don't want to you know make waves and uh, so what, what, are you, what are you stuck with? Pablum. Well, the other thing I see, and this is an example, Chris and I went to the International UFO Conference near Phoenix, and they had a lot of really good speakers this year, unlike the previous year. But how many people, if you look at the demographics, were below 50 years of age? So we have the UFO events, but are they attracting the younger people that we need to move the investigation forward. We need the new ideas, and we old codgers just can't run it ourselves. Well, yeah, and uh, the other thing is, why would uh, somebody that's 25 or 35 want to shell out 100 bucks or a couple of 100 bucks or maybe even more to go to something like that when they can get virtually everything they want online? You've got it. We've got Don Ecker of the Dark Matters Radio Show. Join Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. 
Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeate e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30-day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker over 50,000 satisfied squatting customers can't be wrong. If you suffer from difficult or painful bowel movements, join the thousands who are finding success with a Squatty Potty. Not a cleanse, ointment, or pill, Squatty Potty is a simple, lightweight, yet sturdy footstool that fits around any toilet and elevates your feet. Squatty Potty improves your posture, and that allows proper alignment of the colon. The result is faster, more effective elimination and relief from nagging constipation, hemorrhoids, IBS, and bloat. Squatty Potty is doctor-recommended and endorsed and comes with a 60-day hassle-free money-back guarantee. The Squatty Potty, a healthy step in the right direction. Squatty Potty starts at just $34.95 and can only be ordered by calling 855-628-1099 or through our website, SquattyPotty.com, spelled S-Q-U-A-T-T-Y, Potty.com. Squatty Potty, healthy colon, happy life. What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All Renovation Teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order Renovation Teas at RenovationTea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation Tees. Renovate your health one bag at a time.
This is Kurt Seven, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. As usual, you listeners to the Paracast ask the great questions of our guests, and we've been putting the head to the grindstone here to try to get the best questions out for our guest on Ecker. Chris? Yeah, I've, I've got a real good one here. This okay, is from William, we're waiting for this one. Yeah, this is from William J. White. Your history with Bill Moore, we've, we've talked about, but he's interested in your history with another Bill, Bill Cooper, that is the stuff of legend. Do you see anyone in the current scene, Don, who has either taken Cooper's place or is potentially the next nutter in line for his mantle? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, where do, we, where do we start the list? Well, there are people out there that I suppose could be put into the same <laughs> church <laughs> as, as Bill Cooper, but, hey... <laughs> Let, let's let's be real here. Cooper was in a class of his own. And even to this day, occasionally I will uh I will see people that still support Bill Cooper's information and Bill Cooper. They never knew the guy. Uh they never many of them never spoke to the guy. They've read his book, Behold a Pale of Horse Manure. <laughs> Which is still a huge selling book, believe it or yeah. not. You yeah. can't put down a good hoax. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but the guy, uh, and he's been dead since November of 2001, I believe. Uh, you know, you you just can't keep this guy buried. He's like a vampire. He keeps rising from the grave. Uh, but there are there are a number of people out there that can be almost as shrill, uh, almost as disruptive as Bill Cooper. But you know, honestly, I don't see anyone with the stature of of a Bill Cooper today that uh, is close to uh, galvanizing the great unwashed the way Cooper could. Well, I guess that's good. Well, I think it's good. Yeah, maybe, maybe we're actually making progress. Slowly, painfully. As these old hoaxers die off, they're not replaced by newer hoaxers. Except maybe kids who play with their cameras and maybe want to become video directors, filmmakers, so they make those fake UFO films. I think that's part of where we get those videos from. Yeah, or, or you know, something along the line, if you remember a few years ago, the Blair Witch Project, which was, and I watched that, and I got to tell you, I, I thought it was it was crap. I was was really glad I didn't pay to go see that, but uh, uh, sure, you've got, uh, you've got people out there that would love to run the next great hoax by and and catch you know especially some of these ufo folks by the short hairs but uh uh only time will tell so we well, can't have any more lost creek ufo films <laughs> yeah or I, the- I, I still have a problem with uh some of these very i mean they don't have a discriminating uh, bone in their scientific body um the third phase of of moon that group, Michael Cohen, uh, th- there are a disturbingly, uh, I, I think, in a sense, an increasing amount of, of organizations and and YouTube uh, channels that are 
jumping on anything that looks potentially real um and that you know again to someone who knows the field uh, most of this stuff you can see right through it but but promoting these hoaxes uh do as you put it the great unwashed masses as being real events and i think it's really doing the field a lot more harm than good we're we're descending into uh this pop culture sort of programming of what this phenomena or what these phenomena are and 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 you know potentially what they're about and and creating so much uh muddy water to have to wade through and it's it's you only have so many hours in a day and who wants to waste their time looking at their facebook posting or answering an email go oh, you got to see this this clip you got to see this footage and and you know the clock is ticking while you're going to the site looking at this stuff and saying oh i can't believe somebody thinks this is real so we might not have these galvanizing presences, but we do have these these people that are that are I think uh, for the sake of of traffic numbers on their YouTube channel or, or for whatever motivation are promoting you know ridiculousness and and to me that is really doing a lot of harm and you know a single person I think uh, <laughs> is an easy target, but when you have these groups uh, it's it they're it's much more difficult to combat the negative effect that they're having, I think, in public perception. Well, you know, back from about 1989 through just about the end of 1997, I did an incredible amount of, of appearances on various television programs. And I mean a lot. Uh, for a couple of years there, uh, you could, you know, catch an appearance that I made uh, on various programs almost every week. And during that period of time, I still believed that we at UFO Magazine could influence the field if I could get some of these TV guys, uh, and in a few cases then, some TV women, to listen to some ideas that... Uh, uh, I had, and it was what the ideas were were actually very simple. I said, "Look, why do you run UFO shows on on your program?" Well, one very simple reason: ratings. Okay, you want to get as many viewers potentially to to watch your program as you conceivably can. Now, I'm going to tell you how you can do that with a UFO subject. And I, I, you know, I, I had my patter down to a, to a fine tune there. I said, all you've got to do is we can do a special on specifically military and NASA encounters on the UFO subject. And I beat that drum and I beat that drum with everybody I could talk to. I took meetings at places like CAA and, uh, you know, other big talent agencies. I took meetings with all kinds of producers. I could not get one of those brain-dead morons to see what I was telling them was the absolute bottom-line truth. Can you imagine if they would have put some of the uh, energy into... A special like that, like they later put into the Monica Lewinsky scandal, for example. The alien autopsy. That or was one alien, of my favorites. My God, the alien <laughs> autopsy. My God, yes. 
And uh, nobody, I couldn't get anyone to seriously consider that. And you know why I think, why that was so? I think it scared the hell out of them. I think they were literally frightened at what forces they might be unleashing if they went with something like that. Because yeah. let's face it, most TV is pure crap. Pure crap. Well, well, Don, you were you were known uh, back in, in in that particular time period and later uh, for your appearances on the Larry King show. Gogs McKay has a has an interesting question here for you about uh, Larry King. He says, "I only just read that Larry King had a, a UFO sighting. You, having been on this show before, do you know any details of this sighting? I've never heard him bring it up when he co- covers the topic on the air, meaning King." And I don't actually know if the report of him having decided is 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 a fact. Uh, do I, you know of, of anything like that? I, I I seem to kind of faintly recall that uh, that kind of did spark his interest, but uh, I've never heard any details about it. No, Larry King was uh, well. Once again, we're talking pure pablum. Uh, the closest, probably, that Larry ever got. To really, and, and, and I pissed him off to the point that it was <laughs> the last time that I ever appeared on his show. I probably, and I'd have to sit down and count them, I think five, maybe six appearances on King. And the last one I did uh, was with Jim Oberg on the STS-48 thing. And, and I basically, uh, and I didn't intentionally at the beginning of the program i didn't mean to do it but i dominated that show and it it upset larry to the point that at the very end of the program he said well i hope you've enjoyed this edition of don ecker live and that was the last time that i was ever on his <laughs> program it was ever an- i remember I- that <laughs> okay so he was giving you a message yeah unfortunately <laughs> We have Don Ecker joining us. This is his, not his last appearance. Not by a long shot. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. 
Introducing a 30-day emergency food supply for only $99. At 30dayfoodsupply.com, you can purchase Oregon Trail Foods' one-month supply of high-quality, nutritious, and healthy emergency meals for less than $100. These vegetarian meals are natural, high in carbs and protein, and are packed with oxygen absorbers in Mylar pouches. They take up to 70% less space than number 10 cans, have a 20-year shelf life, and huge portions, over twice the serving size of some competitors' meals. Oregon Trail Foods and 30dayfoodsupply.com keep prices low by buying direct from producers in Oregon and then pass the savings on to you. Purchase a 30-day, 90-serving emergency food supply for only $99 this month, and $10 ships your entire order to the lower 48. Call 541-673-6666 or visit 30dayfoodsupply.com where they make preparedness affordable. 30dayfoodsupply.com. Got it? Get it. Go to 30dayfoodsupply.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So Don Ecker, the curmudgeon, comes out again, and he says what he thinks, and sometimes people like Larry King won't get over it. But then, you know, Larry King is gone except for the Internet, right? Yeah, Larry could never get... I, his idea of the toughest question, he he asked me, and he asked me this just about every time I was on his program. And to me, I thought it was one of the most dumbass questions, and he continued to, to ask it regardless of how dumbass it was. But he, he would say, well, Don, when are they going to land on the White House lawn? And, you know, I... <laughs> What what I actually wanted to tell him would would not have made the uh, network censors very happy, but <laughs> you know, uh, Larry, uh, I guess whenever they want to, providing they want to, uh, but you know, no matter what you what you brought him or what you showed him, let's face it, it was pure entertainment. When he did a UFO show, he was assured that uh, the faithful would tune in. And uh, how often did they ever really do any cutting edge? Probably the most cutting edge that they ever did was that show about STS-48. And I honestly believed after that program was over that uh, UFO magazine would be snowballed by uh, news organizations around the country and other places that would want to know more about that. And the, the sad fact of the matter was we never got one serious inquiry from any news organization about that, about that incident. Wow, that's hard to believe. Yeah. Really? Yeah, Holy that's true. Wow. Now, we did have a contact back in Washington, who was a national defense reporter, a very well-known, very serious guy who had a closet interest in the UFO topic. And he had written for the magazine under a pseudonym uh, several articles over those years. And about a week after my appearance on the Larry King show, he called me up. When I answered the phone and I saw who it was, and, oh, yeah, how you doing? He said, well, he said, uh, I just was kind of curious after you were on King's show. 
what kind of feedback have you gotten? And I said, well, from, you know, the people that saw the show that, like, subscribe to the magazine, uh, it's been all positive. He said, well, for what it's worth, Don, he said, I want you to know that you thoroughly pissed off a bunch of people back at the Pentagon. And I said, why? He said, well, why do you think? They didn't want that getting out. I said, are you serious? He said, oh, yeah. And he said, keep your eyes open because that NASA channel that was uh, that had beamed down that live sequence is being encrypted. And he was, he was absolutely dead on the money. That never, never again after that June 92 program on Larry King Live have you seen anything unvetted or live from outer space? It's all now either in time delay or uh, it's vetted beforehand. So, in a way, I'm responsible for censorship, I guess, from uh, a live feed from outer space. Well, let's go back through history. Our late friend Jim Mosley was possibly, along with Major Donald Kehoe, jointly responsible for limiting access to UFO information in the 1950s. And the story has it that Jim was doing this tour of the country to get information about a UFO book that never got published. I guess later on was mostly covered in shockingly close to the truth. And he went to see Project Blue Book, and they allowed him to sit in there and write down case files, case histories from the actual documents, investigative documents that they gave him. You know, obviously they didn't have classified information, but they had reports that he could write the information down. But it appeared that Donald Kehoe, Major Donald Kehoe, UFO research pioneer, was getting the stuff verbally by one of his contacts within the Air Force or Project Blue Book. And when he heard that Mosley had gotten to see the actual investigative documents, he raised a stink, and that was the end of that policy. So it gave you another reason to hate Jim Mosley. <laughs> I didn't hate Jim. I didn't hate Jim. Jim, quite frankly, irritated me to no end upon occasion. But uh, he was actually a very funny guy in many regards. And uh, he was a ballsy guy. He didn't care who he upset which, in a way, he was, I admire that. I yeah, mean, you got to admire that. I mean, he was the trickster, court jester of, of the field, no question. Yeah, I, I, uh, I was, and I, I put this up on the Paracast after Jim uh, passed on, that I was sorry that I never had a chance to uh, get him on DMR, you know, when he was so ill there. Because I wanted to tell him, Jim, I've rethought my position, and these days, if you caught on fire, I would piss on you. <laughs> I'd piss on you to put it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's still one of the all-time Paracast classic uh, answers. <laughs> well, here's one. Now we're going to get a little serious here. This is from our, our buddy up in Calgary, Ufology. And uh, I think this is kind of, it may be aimed at Gene and myself and uh, the GCN network as well, but where should the media draw the line between caveat emptor, the concept, not Gene's publication, he puts, and responsible journalism? For example, I ran across one comment about you not caring where your advertising revenue came from because you had included a bunch of Billy Meyer advertising in UFO magazine when it was under your 
your uh, purview. Should the media be able to leave it up to consumers to discern the legitimacy of advertising for themselves? Or should there be a different standard for articles as opposed to advertising? And does journalistic responsibility end when we decide it's all just for entertainment? Okay, I would have to know when that alleged advertising on Meyer material ran, whether it was prior to Vicky and I having to take in business partners or before. Because after 97, we had absolutely no, and I mean no say over what advertising went into the magazine. Now, advertising, you know, this this is something that a lot of these armchair quarterbacks don't realize because they never had to deal with it. We had to generate enough income when Vicky and I were doing the publication that we had to uh, be able to pay the printers. We had to be able to uh, pay the uh, people that delivered the magazine. We had to uh, pay our writers, and we had to live. And it was, believe me, it was a fine, fine line. This was not our hobby, okay? We didn't do this after we got done with our day job. This was our day job. And I can tell you, pal, there were some times when we weren't real sure where the next full meal was coming from. It was sometimes that thin. And uh, we did run some advertising that, at the time, I personally had heartburn with. But, once again, you've got to have enough money to get the publication out there. Now, the Meyer material, and I've never made any bones about the fact that I thought the Meyer material was crap from day one. And as a matter of fact, several years ago, one of his biggest proponents over here, a guy by the name of Michael Horn. Yes, we all remember Michael Horn. Was absolutely on me like a rash to get me to bring him on DMR, Dark Matters Radio. And... You know what? I could have I I could have brought him on because there's a part of me that would have probably enjoyed chewing on him about what a load of crap this stuff was. But on the other hand, is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. Gold 
It's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the reemergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-2237 for the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As Good As Gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporian e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker Amino acids are the building blocks of proteins. Amino acids have to be delivered to your body in the shape that nature gave them if they are to be used to create new proteins in your body. Just like a bricklayer cannot use bent or twisted bricks to build a brick wall, so too your body cannot use bent or twisted amino acids to build new proteins. Giving your body an undamaged amino acid food can make a huge difference in your health. One World Way is an undamaged amino acid food unlike any other. You see, heating bends and twists amino acids, and all whey protein powders we've investigated, and most proteins you consume are heated. With our True Cool process, you now have a choice with One World Way. My name is Daniel. I'm 34 years old. When I started using One World Way, I weighed 228 pounds. Now, after two and a half months, I weigh 182 pounds. This is my ideal weight. I've noticed an increase in stamina, rate of recovery from workouts, and an increase in my potency. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. On the Paracast with Gene and Chris, Don Ecker joining us. He's from Dark Matters Radio, and he's been busy as a bee answering your questions. And these are questions, of course, that are not vetted, Chris just reads them, and Don has to answer them. In fact, as we're doing the show, a couple of more questions have been posted. Okay. Chris? Well, uh, how about articles, Don? Uh, I know you and Vicki, from reading uh, the magazine uh, for a number of years, uh, prior to getting involved in the field, and then subsequently the first uh, five or six years I was in the field, I personally cannot remember an article that 
I felt maybe shouldn't have been in the magazine. I, I felt you guys really had a high standard for article submissions. The quality of the writers was, was top-notch for the most part. I think it did go downhill quite a bit uh, in the recent years with, with columns that, that perhaps were just taking up space. They really didn't have any real, I think, major relevance. Where do you think the line should be drawn for uh, publications, for radio shows, for that matter, uh, in terms of what guests come on. You mentioned Michael Horn as an example. Is it okay, do you think, to give these people enough rope to hang themselves? Or is the exposure in and of itself uh, not appropriate? Well, that that's a great question. It's something that, well, I've been broadcasting. I, I started doing radio back in 1991. Now, I always vetted the people that I brought on the show. For the most part, I did not bring people on the show that, at the time, I considered to be fraudulent or, or questionable. I always tried to maintain a, a high level with the people that I did bring on. Now, that's not to say that I was always successful. Now, a couple of years ago, I had uh, Alan Sturm, a guy that was really involved in lunar uh, studies, had uh, discovered a treasure trove of NASA photographs. I think now it was at the University of Arizona. And uh, he put together a, uh, a PDF-type book that uh, was astounding. It, it really showed some breathtaking photographs with what appeared to be some breathtaking uh, artifacts in it. Now, I brought him on the show, and uh, we had a, a darn good show. I opened up the phone lines uh, to start taking calls, and lo and behold... One of the uh, the first callers we got was John Lear. Now, John Lear today uh, is looked at by a lot of people that are in the know as kind of being somewhat like that crazy uncle that everybody has or seems to have. And true to form, when John came on there, he started rolling off some of the most god-awful, crazy, conspiracy theory-type stuff that anybody has heard in a long time. And I let him, let him play out for a couple of minutes, and then I snapped the line on him. However, I have known John uh, Lear going all the way back to my initial foray into the field. As a matter of fact, John Lear was... Uh, Actually, one of the people that I, I first had contact with when I uh, began an active participation in UFO research. Now, John has a rich history going back into uh, the beginning of the, what, what I refer to as the modern age of UFO research starting about 1986. And uh, so later on, I called John up, and I invited John onto the show. And I made sure, as the host, that we maintained strictly those early years that we talked about, because he had some very 
colorful things happen uh, during that period of time. So that that's how how I dealt with that. But there are there are people that uh, even today I would uh, would would not even broach the idea of, of bringing on the show because I couldn't maintain my professionalism or my composure <laughs> with uh, and and I'm doing that for everybody's benefit, not the least yeah. which is mine. Well, you brought up the moon, and uh, Gogs McKay has uh, several questions, and there are other questions about lunar anomalies. Um, Don, do you know of any pictures taken relatively recently, say, by Japan of the lunar surface that show any decent anomalies? And and, uh, I add the follow-up. Do you think now with uh, India and, and China and possibly other countries now talking about going to the moon that we're going to see more openness in regards to the whole question of lunar anomalies? No, absolutely not. Uh, number one, I have seen very little come out from, from any of those countries about their forays into outer space. And I have to believe that if they encounter what I suspect NASA has encountered and the Russians have encountered, especially in the early days of space exploration, that on some level, and um, this is speculation, but I suspect that on some level there's a gentleman's agreement to uh, keep this information under wraps if they encounter it. I, I can't imagine that the Japanese or the Indians, uh, because we're, we're pretty close allies with both of those countries, would want to step on any American toes and the Chinese would probably uh, want to keep it to themselves simply because they'd like to uh, discover what technology perhaps could be gleaned from it so no i don't i don't see any uh any vast openness happening anytime soon let me do a follow-up question before chris gets back what about the possibility of a gradual disclosure as we discover that more and more planets might have earth-like conditions around the universe we see water on mars it's confirmed and all this other stuff is this a way of just getting us accustomed to the idea of interplanetary life being present and possibly here, or is it just the advance of science, or both? Well, I think I think it's not only the advance of science as our technology becomes more refined, but, yeah, I think on one level, Gene, I think you hit it on the head. I think there is a very, very gradual idea of opening up the mainstream public to the idea that life is out there. I don't think that anybody that's been paying attention for the last 15, 20 years doubts that there might be some type of life on Mars. Now, I'm not talking about sentient life, and I'm not talking about trees and grass, but microbial life. Isn't that a horrible word to try to say, microbial? I'll tell you, it challenges every radio broadcaster. we got to do this break. Don Ecker joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are 
The GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light Systems system today complete with two black berkey elements for only 231 dollars and the berkey guy will ship your order free of charge with the purchase of a berkey light the berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only 39.99 that's over 30 percent off the retail price call the berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653 that's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com that's goberkey.com today We've lived in this neighborhood for years. We have an alarm system and all of our doors have deadbolts. They kicked in our door and were in and out of our house in about five minutes. The police arrived in about 20 minutes, but they were long gone with our TV jewelry and my guns. I kept thinking, what if my family had been home? The police officer said that more than 85% of break-ins are through a door and that deadbolts alone don't stop intruders. The officer told me to go to easyarmor.net if we wanted something that would actually stop an intruder. Easy Armor reinforces all of the weak points on your doors and is guaranteed to prevent kick-ins. I was surprised at how little Easy Armor costs, and I installed Easy Armor in about 30 minutes. Visit easyarmor.net. That's the letters E-Z-A-R-M-O-R.net. Or call 888-58-ARMOR. That's 888-582-7667. Easyarmor.net. Ultimate door security made easy. Ceramic Body Armor is rated to stop six hits. But what about the seventh? Unlike Ceramic or Kevlar, Infidel Body Armor is proven to take hit after hit, and it just won't quit. Reasonably priced and designed for the smart civilian prepper, Infidel stops hundreds of hits from small arms to high-powered rifles. That means safety and peace of mind. Buy yours at InfidelBodyArmor.com. Spelled I-N-F-I-D-E-L BodyArmor.com. Infidel Body Armor. 
just won't quit. We the people grow cotton, we fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Don Ecker joining Gene and Chris in the Paracast, answering your questions from the question bank at forum.theparacast.com. And what he was remarking about before we had to take our break is the fact that if there's any life on Mars today, it'd be a microbial kind of life. But what about inside, beneath the surface of the planet, in the caverns? Or are we the Martians? Well, we could very well be the Martians, but there there are other places within our own solar system that could possibly harbor life. But the big question, the one that everybody wants to know, is about sentient life, technologically adept sentient life. In other words, E.T. out there with things like radio equipment. Now, we've been listening to the skies for over 60 years. Now, yeah, something that a lot of people may not be aware of, there have been a couple of times when very anomalous, strange signals have been discovered, but they have never been repeated. And that's one of the things that the SETI scientists will tell you before they make any grand announcement, the signal has got to be repeated or verified by other observatories around the world. That hasn't happened yet. But I've always, and as a matter of fact, with uh, Dr. Seth Shostak from the SETI, uh, the SETI group, I have debated Shostak on TV a number of years ago up in uh, the Bay Area. We were on a television program together. And, of course, Shostak was being very polite with me. He knew who we were. He knew that uh, of UFO magazine. And uh, he never, you know, missed an opportunity to gently chide us about, you know, UFOs and ETs, etc. But I kind of turned the tables on, on Shostak because I... Basically, and I'm not going to go into the whole thing here, but I ask him, I said, what makes you think that you're going to hear anybody's radio signal on, on radio, okay, coming out of the stars, when if you just look at our own history here on planet Earth, back in the 50s, the planet Earth would have looked like a star in the radio spectrum. We were throwing signals off willy-nilly into the sky without a thought of what that might be. But today, we've grown increasingly darker and darker simply because our technology has changed. Uh, we no longer broadcast these huge signals out into space 
like we once did, with the exception of things like radar, because our technologies have changed. We've, we've gone the route of becoming much darker, which perhaps might be a good thing. We may not want to announce our presence to the universe until we truly know what may be out there. Even people like Dr. Stephen Hawking has cautioned uh, people here on the planet that uh, we actually don't know if or what may be lurking out there, and we don't want to announce ourselves prematurely. So I've always kind of suspected for a long time that SETI, in fact, may simply be spinning their wills. Hey, there's a reason why it might be very quiet out there. Other extraterrestrial civilizations, and this is speculation, I'll say that up front, but they may be aware of something that is out there, and they're keeping quiet because of what might be out there, and that's something we should consider. It's something we can focus a whole show on. What do the authorities know? When did they know it? What are they trying to keep a secret from us? Chris, some more questions? Well, uh, this is the last one from Gogs uh, concerning your uh, uh, lunar anomaly uh, work. And and it's a good question, and I'm interested in this, too. You you really are up to speed on some of the more puzzling photographs that have uh, have been allowed to uh, disseminate out there. What Which... Uh, of these lunar anomalies is your favorite? Oh, definitely the one that seems to show a pipe, which uh, I did a, uh, uh, about a year or so ago, I did a uh, presentation on, which was online. I have never seen another photograph that was quite as compelling, and I'm talking about my own personal opinion, that was as quite compelling as what that was. The only other photograph that uh, I saw, and once again, this is not the moon. This was in the vicinity of Mars that uh, I found initially extremely compelling. And uh, a lot of people have dissed that photograph, but I was aware and, and had talked about uh, some of the things surrounding this particular picture that a lot of people might not have been aware of was the Phobos II photograph that showed what appeared to be a huge anomaly off the Martian moonlit Phobos. So those two photographs, if, if somebody were to come to me and ask me what pictures I found most compelling in regards to this topic, it would have to be those two. Well, you brought up Phobos, and, and that's uh, a very interesting uh, mystery in and of itself. What are your feelings about the potential artificiality of Phobos and, and how that the moons of Mars uh, are highly unusual and seem out of place? Number one, they're in a retrograde orbit. They were never discovered until about 1875 or 76, even though there was technology that would have enabled astronomers to discover them beforehand. Even back in the 18th century, telescopes were fine enough that they could have detected those two moonlets, but they weren't. They weren't discovered until much later. In the 1950s, Soviet Russian astronomers 
even theorize there were a couple of them, and I today I, I can't recall the guy's name, that these, in fact, might have been artificial. They're in a retrograde orbit, which is uh, unusual. Once we got there, finally, with the Phobos probes, and, and even before that, when we were sending probes up to Mars, the concept of perhaps using one of these moons as a launch pad to get to Mars was being proposed among Soviet Russian, their space people at Glav Cosmos, and NASA. There were discussions going on behind the scenes, and I'm talking now about back in the 1980s, that suggested that perhaps, and of course it's not going to happen now because we're almost there, but perhaps by 2014, 2015, the Soviet Union and American NASA astronauts would make a joint mission to Mars, go to Mars, a manned mission, and perhaps women, use Phobos as the place to touch down, and then go from Phobos down to the surface of the planet. This is what they were originally talking about. And Phobos 1 and 2, which were Soviet Union, the Soviet Union's probes with, incidentally, a heck of a lot of help from NASA, including equipment, and where the telemetry was being fed back to. Incidentally, that telemetry came here to the States first, and then shipped on to Russia. This was a very strange mission. Now, quite honestly, I knew nothing about this initially until I read a book by a friend of mine, Zachariah Sitchin. The name of the book was called Genesis Revisited. We'll revisit Genesis in our final segment of our session with Don Ecker. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. You've heard about our MRE Smorgasbord. Now, Long Life Food Depot introduces the most unique, safe, and longest-lasting way to stash emergency food, the Eat Pod. Most survival food products recommend an ideal storage environment, including low temps, low moisture, and low oxygen. If you're storing in a basement too humid, garages and attics too 
too hot. But the waterproof, double-walled, high-density polyethylene patent-pending Eat Pod is a unique roll-away food bunker that creates the perfect conditions, can be buried up to 30 feet, and can keep your survival food supply safe, secure, dry, and virtually undetectable for 25 years or more. Get full details on the Eat Pod at eatpod.com, spelled E-A-T-P-O-D.com, or call 800-601-2833. That's 800-601-2833. The Eat Pod from Long Life Food Depot. Since 1983, sending real food to your real future. Time and time again. You need to come here and help us. We need assistance. Please. Those we should be able to depend on let us down. Federal and state and local officials saying help is on the way. Well, the folks here in Bell Harbor say show me. Don't depend on the government to save you. Take action now so that you're prepared for the next disaster with MyPatriotSupply.com. Get the best prices on storable food, non-GMO seeds, water filtration devices, home canning equipment, survival and self-reliance books, and more at MyPatriotSupply.com. Call 866-229-0927. We are hurting down here, and we need help immediately. Before it's time to survive, it's time to prepare. MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months, simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. Hi, my name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. Recovering Zachariah Sitchin, the late writer and theorist, friend of Don Ecker. We continue answering your questions with Gene and Chris. Don? Yeah, Sitchin had written a book called Genesis Revisited, where he talked in that book about the possibility he believed of being the reactivation of an ancient space base there. Now, at this time, Sitchin had been aware of some of the data that had flowed back from from the mission that got there, Phobos 2. The uh, first probe had disappeared about a month or so after launch, and the Russians blamed that disappearance of Phobos 1 on a combination of human and computer error. But Phobos 2 got there, and when it did, 
the first thing it started to do was scan the planet, photograph the planet, and scan the Phobos moonlet because they wanted to find out if, in fact, we went to Mars and we used Phobos, what in the world was Phobos made out of? Now, on the planet itself, the Russians, Glab Cosmos, discovered a number of areas that were highly hot, all right? Some hot areas that could not be explained. In other words, something down there seemed to be generating heat. Now, it's almost a given that most space scientists regard Mars as geologically inactive. So what might be causing those hot spots that the probe picked up? The other thing was it had taken a photograph of Mars from orbit, which had a huge, and I'm talking about a big one, I saw the picture, of an ellipsoid shadow being reflected off of the atmosphere. Now, this is something that a lot of people may not realize, but Mars, in fact, does have an atmosphere, not one that we could breathe, but there is one down there, and it was reflecting this ellipsoid shadow. So when Phobos began turning around and taking photographs of the moon and what have you, this is when it photographed that huge ellipsoid shape, okay, that a lot of people will argue and say it was a computer glitch. I personally think that it actually photographed something real. And the reason was, according to the Russians at the time, and I'm talking about a Glav Cosmos spokesman, this thing that they said that should not have been there turned toward the Phobos probe and struck it. In other words, at the time they said their probe was rammed, it turned it into a spinner, their words, not mine, and they lost it. So, and a number of other things too, but, but I've always suspected there was a heck of a lot more to the story than that. Now, one more thing when we're talking about this. Back around, God, it was 89 or 90, I ended up writing an article about this for Omni Magazine. George Bush Sr., who was then the President of the United States, and Mikhail Gorbachev had a very famous meeting that took place in Malta. Bush ended up taking a heck of a lot of, uh, of heat because there was a tremendous storm going on over there. And some of you may remember the, the news stories that came out that Bush went over in a small craft to Gorbachev's boat that he was on in the middle of this storm. And a lot of people were really upset because they felt that uh, Bush put himself in danger. Later on, Colonel Marina Popovich, who was a famous, very famous Soviet Russian aviator, and she had been married to General Pavel Popovich, the first Russian cosmonaut that rendezvoused with another craft in orbit, the first guy that ever did that back in 1962. She told me that the reason that Bush did that, and I have no way to verify this, so I'm going to tell you that up front. This is secondhand. But they were discussing what happened to the Phobos craft. Now, when I wrote that Omni article, 
I called the White House briefing. I spoke personally to Marlon Fitzwater, who at the time was the uh, guy in charge of George Bush Sr., the, the press corps. And I asked him that, and of course he laughed at the question. But the fact remains, this is what Popovich told me. My goodness, that's that's news to me. That's uh, that's pretty amazing. Well, what do you think of of some of the photographs that uh, people like Richard Hoagland have have touted and and others that show what appears to be artificiality with uh, the, uh, the actual moon Phobos? Do you think that there is some uh, possibility that that is already being uh, utilized as some sort of uh, staging area? Uh, in light of uh, you know this uh, the loss of the Phobos probe and the the anomaly that was observed there, uh, which may or may not be a computer glitch, it, it sure doesn't sound like one to me. What do you think about that that possibility? I've I've heard theories touted that the uh, moon is actually hollow and that the the end curiously represents kind of looks like a parabolic dish, for instance. Uh, what do you think? Well, the fact of the matter is, anything I would say would be the purest speculation. Because, quite frankly, I doubt that I'll ever get there. But if, in fact, NASA or the Russians or anybody else does, in fact, discover any anomalies there, the big question is, what, if anything, would they let out to the public? It's unfortunately, and I'm cynical about this, it's highly unlikely in my mind that they would uh, tell us anything uh you know they're they're basically using the mushroom syndrome on the public chris and what that means is they keep keep us, them in the dark <laughs> and they feed us copious amounts of bovine manure well here's a good uh question i think from nameless which uh, just came in here as we were actually taping the episode don how has your opinion changed over the years in regards to a hypothesis uh, with the UFO phenomenon. Like most of us, did you start off as a nuts and bolts guy? And where did you end up now? And again, in this regard, what adv- advice would you give to a new investigator who may be entering the field right now? Well, yeah, I did start off strictly as a nuts and bolts guy, and I maintained that position for a very long time. But over the years, my thinking on a lot of things has has changed somewhat. I like to think it evolved. Uh, I believe that uh, there's room in this field for uh, a lot of explanations on what some of these various cases and incidents, in fact, might represent. As far as anybody new coming into the field, uh, the only thing that I could recommend to anybody, if they're serious about this, uh, you've got a lot of research and study to do before you jump into the fray because in order to have any idea where we are heading, you've got to know where we have been before. And, and one thing I noticed when I first became interested in the phenomenon and I started doing some research on it, it seemed like every generation of UFO researchers or people that call themselves a researcher has got to relearn everything that's already been known by the last group of investigators i'll tell you what don one of the questions i'd ask anyone wanting to enter ufo research hey man you got to be kidding 
Don Ecker, tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. <laughs> Dark Matters Radio is uh, my show. It runs Monday through Friday on the cyberstationusa.com network. In order to get up there, it starts at 10 p.m. Pacific time until midnight. Simply go to www.dq, like Quebec, dqrm.com. You can find us at theparacast.com. We're on the GCN radio network every Sunday morning, real early. But, of course, we make the podcast available freely after the show is broadcast. We're also known as the Paracast on Facebook. We have two areas there. We hope to merge them in one. Chris has his own site, OurStrangePlanet.com, because this is our strange planet, Our Strange Planet. Don Ecker, thanks for joining us this week on the Paracast. You bet. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. 